Hey y'all, welcome back to the Dome Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 431, I'm welcoming back to the show, Vila Tamba. We just have to trust God that he's going to be in charge of calling our kids and wooing our kids. He loves them more than we do. He wants them in in his kingdom, in his family, in relationship with him more than we do. Yeah. So he's longing for that. So he's running after them. He is a pursuing God. Vila is the mom to three grown ladies and the wife to the pastor of the church I attend at Northwest Bible. She is also a past guest. Like I said, she came on the show eons ago. We talk about that at the beginning of this episode. And I had her come on to mentor us in answering a listener's question about how responsible, what is our role in our kids' salvation? And I felt like Vila has such great perspective on this. She's been a mentor to me. She has walked through parenting prodigals and is a seminary graduate. So we get kind of deep into it, y'all, in this episode. But we also laugh a lot. I hope you are encouraged. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Vila, you're back. And we just looked it up. Oh, my gosh. We looked it up. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. And I see you all the time, so I didn't realize. 2014. Episode 28. I was so young. (laughs) I was so young. I had like an eight-year-old, six-year-old, I mean, little baby kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such an influential episode for me and just the concept that I wrote about it in, I think, both of my books. It got into both of my books at some point because... I, I think I think you're right. Uh, yeah. And I, I just acknowledge... I was you. so influential <laughs> on you, really. I probably needed a bigger a bigger like, note at the beginning. Oh, at the beginning, the end, and, and the middle. Royalties. Royal- and royalties. Where are the royalties? If I get some royalties, I'll pass them on to you. <laughs> Y'all purchase Don't Mom Alone and Write Reeve Long. Um, no, it really was influential. And I know that I've even had... Nancy Houston on. I don't know if she's where you got it from. It was a different therapist. No, different one. But this concept of self-differentiation, moving Mm -hmm. away from codependency, those are the big therapy words. Yes. But you heard a more simple version. I did. And what was it? You need to stay in your hula hoop. Stay in your hula hoop and give us that that visual. I mean, we can all visualize a little kid with a hula hoop around their waist. So, you know, I was, we were in this session and um, I was all up in my daughter's business. And the therapist called me on it and said, that's not your hula hoop. You need to stay in your hula hoop. And it was like a light bulb turned on and I could just see that I was so busy trying to run her life and not mine. Yeah. And, and that her life was my life. Mm-hmm. And really that, that's kind of what a codependent person does. Yeah. They, we, we live our lives based on what everybody else is doing. Can't smile without you, you know, by Barry Manilow way back in the day. <laughs> so like, which that's an interesting phrase. Can't smile without so, you. Okay. Yeah. It's such a crazy song. It was very popular back in my day. And it's so wrong because God's given us our own Space. feelings, our yeah. own responsibilities. And we need to be responsible to about that. We need to stay in our loop. Yeah. And it's a it's a tricky thing as a mom. Because yes. even in the yes. codependent book, codependent no more. If you've mm-hmm. never read it, oh, yeah. it's a great one. I have your daughter's copy here, actually, because <laughs> I needed a reference. 
there is a section where it talks about an infant. Yes, the infant is in your hoop because yes. you're responsible for its needs. But then there's a point at which, and that we've talked about this with, you know, the middle school years and mm-hmm. the normal development of stage of them self-differentiating, them right. I, what's the word? Individuating. All mm-hmm. these big yeah. words. Oh, oh my yes. stars. But they are making their own choices and we have to give them the freedom in certain areas and slowly let them be their own people. But beyond right. just like, okay, you're washing your clothes or you're making your lunch or whatever actual chores, we're talking about emotionally, I think even as a toddler, we can stay in our own hoop if they're tantruming. Exactly. I know that in my first couple kids, I was completely wrapped up into those tantrums. Mm-hmm. I did not feel okay as a mom if they were not happy. Right. And you experienced that. Oh, yeah. I can just remember um, with one just saying, good morning, Mary Sunshine, <laughs> I, in the hoping, hoping, praying we were going to have a good day today. And some days it would go great. And some days she would spill her milk and everything else would go downhill. Yeah. And I felt like that for way too many years when I could have just said, wow, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. And I could have moved on. You yeah. know, that, that like phrase. Like you can be present but not sucked into the emotions. Yes. It's that phrase, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. Oh. It's a lie. That's, it is a lie. It is awful. If that's, if it's true for you. You need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And it's work that we probably need to do that maybe it wasn't till motherhood that it came up for right, us. Right, right. Possibly in marriage, if you were married for a long time, mm-hmm. that you start recognizing, oh, when my husband's having a hard day, I can't have a good day. Right. And right. you've experienced that too, even in, in sure. marriage, like choosing to be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that happened. I can identify with that hard thing mm-hmm. and still hold on to my positive feelings. I feel like I slipped into codependency so naturally that probably it was there long before. (laughs) Yeah. Because I just got so wrapped up in my kids and making them the way I wanted them to be and trying to keep them happy. And so I think the seeds were there. (laughs) The seeds were there. (laughs) And I can't remember, I haven't done, I haven't actually done any deep thinking on that, but um, if I did, I'd probably find out that they were there. Well, and the reason we're starting here, one, because I did have you on and talk about, and you all can go back to 2014's episode, we'll link to it in the show notes. But ultimately, I received a question from a listener on what is our responsibility in our child's salvation? Mm. So we're talking, you know, yes, emotional health and our own emotional health and not getting caught up into that and letting them be their own people. But in a Christian realm, there's a lot of pressure, I think, I don't know if you experienced this that our children need to be saved and it is our responsibility to lead them there. Sure. Well, you know, I was on staff with crew for so long. Yeah. And crew being campus crusade before now it's rebranded yes. crew. Um, yes. So for many years and, and involved with it as a student before that. And there was, a, there's a definition of successful witnessing that is branded in my mind. Okay. The definition of successful w- witnessing is taking the initiative to share the gospel, to share Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Mm. So I take that into motherhood and, and and into my, when I teach Sunday school at church or when I'm with anybody, that if I can take the initiative to share Christ in any way, to be a light for Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, meaning it's not me, I'm not grunting it out saying, <laughs> I got to get this child to believe this way. 
and I leave the results to God because it's his job. It's the Holy yes. Spirit's job to do all the life change. I yeah. cannot try as I might. Yeah. As many song and dances as I do with my kids or with my Sunday school people or anybody, I can't change a life. When it comes to this conversation and just parenting in general, one thing that I have found to be true is that relationship matters. And a place where my husband and I feel passionate about cultivating relationship with our boys is around the dinner table. And that may look messy and crazy, but we try to make it a priority and it's hard to do with busy schedules and teens and all the different competing activities. One thing that helps make it easier for me as the one who's planning the meals is HelloFresh. I am so thankful that I have an option that has healthy, farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients with all these yummy seasonal recipes, including fun fall ones right now, that's delivered right to my door. So I can go on there. I can choose from their 40 different recipes. If I need 15-minute options because we have to, after school, do a little homework and get to a game, I can choose that. They come in these um, bags for each meal. And so I put those in the fridge. And when it's time to eat, I may ask a boy who's around. I show them the beautiful recipe cards. They're nice with a picture of the finished product on them. I say, which one do you want me to make tonight? And there we go. It's easy. They also have some add-ons if you have a hankering for apple cider cake with caramel sauce or barbecue pulled pork nachos, mini pumpkin cheesecake. Make sure you check out their HelloFresh market. And I I usually spend 25% less than if we don't have a plan and I end up getting takeout. So please check out HelloFresh if you haven't. So go to hellofresh.com slash 50DMA and it's the numbers spelled out, the five and a zero DMA and use that code 50DMA for 50% off plus free shipping. So that's hellofresh.com forward slash 50DMA And use that code 50DMA for 50% off plus free shipping. And you will agree with me and find out that HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And we may know that. Mm -hmm. Like people may be like, yeah, duh, obvious. Yeah, God's the one who draws people himself. And yet, when a child who is raised in a Christian home does not choose or the result isn't the direction we thought it would be. There is so much external condemnation that we can feel. There's so much internal condemnation that we can feel, which we know condemnation is not from the Lord, yada, yada. But we can feel a little bit like we failed Mm. as if we're responsible. Right. So talk us through that. Um, Have you you ever experienced that before, Vila? experience some of that but honestly i'm a glass half full kind of person yeah mm-hmm. so i go with the story is not over and okay. i did my part and god is still working on his part he is still wooing mm. calling restoring redeeming god will complete what he started yeah and so i i let go of of shame and guilt i'm you know <laughs> kind of that's just she, not. I'm, she's not shaking me. her shoulders. Uh, that is that is so not me that to is, be. Um, yeah. It it takes a lot for me to be shamed because I'm I 
I give myself, you know, how some people say I give other people's grace, but not me. No, I give me the grace. Not sure about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might not like your reference point isn't other people necessarily. Yes. Yes. Which is helpful. Yeah. I am a lot more influenced by other people's opinions of me and my kids. I guess I've done enough work maybe to say. And you're just wired that way. (laughs) I, I am. I'm wired that way. It's funny though that I got, because I'm wired that way, it's funny that I got so codependent on my kids mm. because what was going wrong? My wires were so crossed. Huh. I wonder if it was fear popping up in another way. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm way, I, I have lots of fear. Yeah. So. That maybe it was, you know, there's a fear I think that some moms feel if their kids are unhappy that the fear is I'm doing a bad job. Right. So I need right. everyone to be happy. Because then that's like an A plus that I'm doing a good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, every mom is experiencing it so differently. And I was going to record an episode to answer this question on my own. And I was like, wait, I can have Vila come on. <laughs> and the reason I was going to record it is I'm in this Bible study on Jonah. And first of all, Vila, I have to say, there was a little part of me that felt like I'd been bamboozled as a child with the Jonah story, hmm. with all the children's Bibles. And the messaging that I was handed about Jonah versus the truth. That he's a good guy? Well, that he like was so scared to go talk to the Ninevites. And then you read it. He's not scared of these evil people. He doesn't want them to be redeemed by God. (laughs) Because he knows he wants them all he wants Israel to only be redeemed by Um, God. He's a nationalist. My favorite children's musical was had Jonah singing, I hate those nasty Ninevites. Yeah. I won't be their preacher man. So there so you go. So that That was one, clear. That children that was clear. children was clear. He did not want to have surprisingly easy to start conversations <laughs> with the Ninevites. He was the first prophet sent to a foreign nation. I didn't know that. He was the first one who wasn't just giving God's message to God's people. Whoa. Wait a minute. I have to go think about that. I know. I know. Let's say first recorded. Maybe. Maybe. What about Abraham? Abraham went to Egypt. He could have talked about Was the Lord. Was he called a prophet? Instead, he did the wrong thing. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna ha- Okay, I'm going to have to check this out. This is coming from Paige Brown, y'all. This is my source. Oh. And she was trained under Tim Keller. So I feel like there's oh, like a God, authority me. structure here. All I'm saying is... It was surprising. I never one to disagree with Tim Keller, but but I'm going to have to do my own research. Yeah. Well, so even that. Okay. So I was thinking that. And then what was striking to me was comparing his experience with the sailors on the boat to us being in our homes with our kids, right? Okay. So they're in this storm. And these sailors are used to storms, but this is beyond any storm they've seen because they're flipping out Mm -hmm. and they're pagans. Mm Mm-hmm. So this guy who didn't want to go to the pagans is stuck in a boat with the pagans. Okay. The irony it's awesome. is fantastic. It's awesome. Then they are seeing, hey, you need to pray to your God. Like they're recognizing the behavior that's required. And he's so, he doesn't want to go to, he's trying to get as far away as he can from this God who redeems. And so they see it. They say God in like the lower case, but then they move to the Yahweh phrase. Right. And they claim Yahweh. And by the end, they're making sacrifices after Jonah's already gone mm-hmm. off the boat. Mm-hmm. They have been changed by this experience. Right, right. And it wasn't because of Jonah that they were changed. Right, right. It was because of God, his presence, his pursuit, his power, his love. 
And it made me realize, okay, one, well, and then it has a, a phrase that you may have heard before, salvation belongs to the Lord. Mm, yes. And it just struck me like how often we as moms think it belongs to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, this means, moms, your child's salvation does not belong to you. God is in possession of it so that they might belong to him. Amen. And then I thought, I would rather my children grasp their desperate need for a savior, like the, the sailors were in this desperate place, right. than hold loosely to a faith that's been handed down to them. Yeah. I want them to cling to grace because they know the depths from which they've been saved. I want them to understand the contradiction of God's love, but God, yet God. I don't want them to resent the Lord because they have to have him. I want them to treasure him because of his unrelenting, loving pursuit and mercy. So my part, like you said, is to nurture my relationship with God, to be obedient and what you said, sharing the gospel, training, teaching, loving, and let God do his part to be the rescuer of their souls. Mm -hmm. And you have personally experienced this. You are in the process of writing a book. I am. Which you started writing in 2014. Well, actually, I started a different one in 2014. Okay, 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 okay. So I started writing the the hula hoop, how to stay in your hula hoop book in 2014. Got it. And then as the years went on, it became clear that the book that I really needed to write was to help moms of prodigal and prodigal-ish kids. Yeah. So not not kids that are like on death row because they've committed horrible atrocities. Yeah. But just kids. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe. But maybe, maybe those two. But maybe even kids who. Are rejecting the are, faith you told them about. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even worse than that, they went to UT and you wanted them to go to A&M. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, that's because my, my oldest people, would like, yes, to go to UT. People, and I do feel that. I feel yes. like that would be the, the choice of people being like, well. Man, there's not uh, many Christians there's there. There's a lot of believers at UT. A hundred percent. They're going to, sh- and they're going to. And that's where one of my daughters went and she's walking with the Lord today. Yeah. And amazingly. met a godly man. There yeah. you go. Yeah. UT is, has happily but, ever afters as well. But in, an imprint on choices that yeah. we decide this is a Christian godly child choice and this right, is right. a non-godly yes. child choice. And even just, you know, your whole family is our physicians. And why do you want to go be a CPA? And oh. so you just want to keep... You just, we just want to keep putting our kids in our mold. We we want to almost continue keeping them in our hula hoop when the control. they're not. Yeah. And so the book is more to let go and let them do what they're doing and focus on what God has for you. So actually the books sort of overlap, you know, so speaking to prodigal and prodigal-ish moms is kind of just another way of saying you need to stay in your hula hoop and yeah. rejoice and do what God's called you to do instead of being busybodied into your kids. Yeah. You can't keep your hula hoop spinning if you're reaching over to somebody else's hula hoop. That put that on shirt. I bought a hula hoop. Uh, one, my old <laughs> I have one, no doubt that you my bought old that. <laughs> one. I had one for years, and it had water in it, and it developed mm. a leak. Oh. I, I finally had to get rid of it. Yeah. So I just bought a new one recently that matches the website colors. Oh. oh yes. So I'm sure it'll, you're about it will branded show now. up. It you're real. Sh- yes. It will show up somewhere on a but video. There's kind of even a sermon on the hoop got a leak <laughs> and you had to get a new one. 
Like that's even no, I, you taking care of your own hoop and yes, realizing yes. this one's leaking and, and it's it, not working anymore. And this one's an upgraded hula hoop. The other one was from Dollar Tree and this was from... <laughs> that's you valuing your life that's right, that's and right. your space. And yeah. actually, if I use it five minutes a day, apparently I'm going to trim my waist. <laughs> I, I don't believe it for a minute. So staying but- <laughs> in your hoop and staying occupied actually makes you healthier. Yes. And I would you- think that's true for me when, <laughs> when I'm the most anxious... When Mm -hmm. I'm the most feeling out of control, it's when I, my mind, my time, my energy is focused on what my kids are doing and the choices they're making Mm -hmm. than on my own choices and my own. And if we're talking about salvation, I could be like, hey, have you read your Bible today? And then I haven't read my Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, this is kind of like, wait, what? Are you doing the thing that you're saying as if, I don't know. Yeah. So as I develop my core strength, (laughs) then I'm going to be a better person to be able to to kindly love the rest of the world instead of, but if I'm not working on my own stuff, if I'm not spending time with the Lord Mm -hmm. and deepening my relationship with him, it's hard to have overflow. Yeah. So what would you say the mom that's listening that does have the prodigal prodigal ish right now? I think there's a deep grief. Yes. Do you acknowledge, like, are you planning to, I know you haven't oh, yes. read the book, oh, yes. but like. Yes, that's a chapter. That's a whole chapter. So talk to us about that. And that, I wanna... and that is actually a third book. Oh. The Grieving Mom. I've, yeah. I've started that. I wrote that in, well, I was in seminary and it's more like a booklet, Bible study paper. And so that, that I want to expand because yeah. there are so many moms in the Bible who show us how to grieve. And, and how is that? Well, I mean, we have to acknowledge that it's painful. The world is broken and it's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. We're supposed to have life and joy and, and running after God and freedom mm-hmm. and yet sin. Mm-hmm. So that's not Darn the way it, it is. Sin. Yes. That was and, a bomb. That was a drop that you just dropped their sin. Yeah. Stink. So um, it's like, it's like, um, <laughs> I was just listening to Jackie Hill Perry and uh. she said, laundry. It's mm. all a result of sin. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't we wouldn't have to be doing laundry if it hadn't been for sin. Yeah, She's, and and then she said something like, "We'd still be wearing fig leaves." And I'm gonna say, mm. there wouldn't be even fig leaves. No, it wouldn't be fig leaves. So, that was their that was their poor yeah. choice. So for we would just be comfortable, really comfortable. Yeah. Well, and even the sin of why do I need fifty outfits? Oh. <laughs> Because if yeah, I was washing yeah. one and wearing one, which is probably more likely what was happening back in the day. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, bring your coat. I mean, it doesn't right, say like right. your seven coats. <laughs> <laughs> and but there's sin in like the and, high. And accessories and to accessories make them look like ready that. for 49 outfits. Yeah. I'm um, just saying there's sin probably even in like okay. our quantity of things we own. I forgot the question that we were talking about though. Um, the question wait, is the grief. The grief. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so grief. Yes. So there's grief. Acknowledging and, it. And we acknowledge yeah. and still we just have to trust God that he's going to be in charge of calling our kids yeah. and wooing our kids. He loves them more than we do. Yeah. He wants them in, in his kingdom, in his family, in relationship with him more than we do. Yeah. So he's longing for that. So he's running after them. He is a pursuing God always. He's always pursuing. Which sets him apart from any God that was ever worshipped in the ancient times. Because all all that people have to do with fake gods is chase after them. Yeah. 
and and shine them and try to to make them happy. We don't have to make God happy. No. We just we just love him and respond to his amazing love for us. If you're a business owner or you're responsible for hiring, then you know it is a challenge. And while you may love a challenge, you also would appreciate a hiring partner that helps you rise to the challenge. You need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on lots of different job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline the hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. One of those tools is called Instant Match. So over 80% of employers can get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S., one of the things that I think is really cool is if you invite a candidate to apply, they're going to be three times more likely to apply to that job than if they just search for your job. That gets you one step closer to hiring a quality candidate that matches what you need. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you pay for the applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform. It delivers four times more hires than any other job site combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. So you can join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com DMA. This offer is good for a limited time, so claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com DMA. Just go to Indeed.com slash DMA. Support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash DMA. Terms and condition apply. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Well, and that was another part of the Jonah was that there was, he was going in the opposite direction, right? But God right. was right with him. Yes. Yeah. He, Isn't he, that funny? He's yeah. like... I serve the God who created heaven and earth and by the way, knows no boundaries. Yeah. And here I'm running from him. Yeah. Jo Jonah was was a little deluded. <laughs> he was and in such denial, I mean, to be able to sleep through that kind right. of thing, yeah. he was in serious denial. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I think too that I was in I was gonna share um well, this quote, actually, I'll say first. Uh, it's because of God's great power he can save, and it's because of his great love that he does mm. save. Yeah. And we just have to hold on to that for our kids when they're not in the season. And if you're a parent who maybe, okay, maybe it's not that your child has never professed faith. It's that you're grieving. They did, and they were walking closely with God, mm -hmm. and now they're walking away. Talk to us about that grieving mom mm -hmm. who's like, man, mm -hmm. no, I, I'm really sad because the person who we had with us, who we were living and sharing one spirit with, like, and this is a whole deep theological question, but you went to seminary. Can you lose salvation? Vila, talk to us about this deep thing. Okay. So I'm holding fast to once saved always saved. Okay. 
And that's what your seminary professors would say? And that's what my seminary professors would say. And now there's a caveat. Yeah. Once saved, like completely sealed. And, and we don't know what actually goes on in someone's heart. Right. We don't know if someone, say Susie Q. Yeah, Susie I love that Q. name, Susie Q. Yeah. If she's just going through the motions and it seemed like we were having fellowship or if she was actually a believer. Mm. Only God knows the heart, right? Right. So we just continue. I mean, like, I mean, Judas Iscariot was yucking it up and, and eating dinner and fellowshipping with the disciples and Jesus yeah. for several years. Yeah. Right? I mean, they would they didn't have a clue that he was going to turn. But he just, I mean, Jesus did. His, but his was sin. It wasn't like he lost his salvation. Right, right, right. But he, he looked the same as everybody else. But we all sin. Right. So, I mean, even then. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You think Judas didn't lose his salvation? You think he had salvation? I, I'm saying he could have had salvation and sinned because we all yes, sin. Yes, except that Jesus said that line where he says in John, um, not all of you are clean. Mm. I I think he's tipping the hand to say Judas is on the outside of the circle. Well, and then you have to say, well, but, Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. So is, and, is the belief, is the saving just that Jesus was God? Like when did salvation start? Like when he died in, and rose? In Genesis. <gasps> because, so, right? I mean, because all so that we deep, do, y'all. we're looking, because the people all in the Old Testament had to look ahead to the promise of the coming Messiah. Wow. So they had to trust that God was going to take care of their sin. So even, even if though was, they didn't... Even if it was law and sacrifice and that right, system. No matter what, they had to place their faith in God's grace to redeem them. Because they knew the goat and all those, the blood sprinkling, that really wasn't covering up anything. Yeah. That God was, was the greater coverer. Mm. So all the whole, whole Old Testament is looking forward to something, and they didn't all even understand that there was going to be a Messiah who was going to come and redeem and sacrifice himself. They didn't. They didn't have all that clear. Yeah. But then, when it happened, well, now we do. We look back to the cross. And there were people who kept the laws, who were doing it for their own, the Pharisees and the Sadducees sure, and all sure. the like. So there were people yeah. who were religious in action, right? Right. Who you're saying weren't seeing God as the ultimate covering, yes. even then? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So we okay, don't so know our to, child. So we don't know whether it was a, a authentic, only God knows. I don't think that we have to wonder that just because they walked away. I think we can still claim God, she's yours. Yeah. God, he's yours. Yeah. And I believe, I know that your word says that you are faithful to complete what you've started. Mm. And so I'm going to just hold to that. And yeah. the end of the story hasn't been written yet. Mm. Well, I mean, God has, but we don't, <laughs> we haven't we experienced don't it. know the end of the story. We haven't experienced the full redeeming. I was also right. um, thinking of Haggai. How do you say mm -hmm. it? Haggai or Haggai? What do you think? I, I just say Haggai. Haggai. Isaiah. Haggai. Um, yeah. It's near the end of I, the Old Testament. I didn't actually study Hebrew in my extensive seminary what? studies. No. They let you out? Well, you know, they them. always say, they say at the beginning, like, you're going to want to stay and study Greek and Hebrew. We know you are. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry Peace. you don't know me. You don't tell me what to do. You don't have to bust a man. And I just trusted commentaries and um, 
my logo strong concordance yeah yeah yeah, i'm a big fan uh i don't have my glasses on but this book of the bible comes after israel has had that whole cycle of sin and crying out and being saved and sin and crying out and being saved and they finally got their exiled to babylon and jerusalem's destroyed and the temple's destroyed and they're coming back and there's a group coming back and they're going to rebuild and in our era, in our covenantal time, we talk about our bodies being the temple, mm-hmm. right? So right. it's this throwback <laughs> to the temple where God dwelled and his presence dwelled. And now mm-hmm. we are the temple where God dwells and the spirit dwells. And it made me think of this whole rebuilding with Haggai about if you have a child and the temple is just feels like it's been destroyed. Like the place mm-hmm. where you felt like God mm-hmm. dwelled mm-hmm. with your child is just not a hospitable place for his spirit whether saved or not saved just doesn't feel like it i just felt like a word of encouragement from reading god's message through haggai who said i am with you i will energize you and encourage you as you're doing this work of rebuilding like his spirit will stir up if it's time to rebuild and we Mm. can trust that Mm. process that restoration process it was just a visual if you need an encouragement if you need like a word of man, we're not there, but I know God is a rebuilder. I know he's a restorer. The story's Mm -hmm. not over. That was really helpful. And Tara Lee Cobble, if you listen to her Bible recap, she said um, that no matter how much is is destroyed, God can rebuild. And when God rebuilds, he improves upon it. Mm, Amen. And so I think in a faith analogy, perhaps the rebuilding you will have on the other side a more firm faith, your child will have a more firm faith than a flimsy one or a one-dimensional one. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. It was an encouragement to me of the process of, there was so much grief that the Israelites experienced when the temple was destroyed. And there was so much pain in having been kicked out of their country. And then it's so much work (laughs) to rebuild. And they were like, maybe not. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're not called to do this. It's like, well, trusting God in that process is better. It's his restoring. It's his yes. building. Yes. It's his work. Yeah. And and really, it can happen in an instant. Right. I mean, so we just keep trusting. And I almost said not in a Pollyanna kind of way, but actually, that's a great book. You know, the movie so did it a disservice. Go back and read Pollyanna. The book. Um, the book. Um, it's really good. And we can be optimistic because God is a good God. Mm. He's He's faithful. He's going to complete things. And you have personal experience with this, y'all. This isn't like the reason she's writing I mean, to yes. prodigal parents is because you've experienced some still not. I've had some I've had some quirky kids. And some that have come back and some, you know, I just think that it's important to note that you're not coming from at this from a, oh, I went to seminary, so I feel like I can talk about prodigals this is personal oh yeah yeah i i went to seminary so i feel like i can write now <laughs> because i had to write so many papers <laughs> and i liked it so. yeah but you've experienced the heartache and you've experienced oh, yeah. do you get tired of praying for your prodigal you know it's interesting um i there are lots of people lots of moms who will write about praying for your prodigal and, and how to pray every day and all the and and it feels overwhelming to me so I, 
heresy alert. I don't actually <laughs> pray that much because I feel like that's even stepping out of my hula hoop. Interesting. And so I don't think that I'm going to be heard by more words and more words and more words. Um, As if it's up to so, you even. Right, right. If I that, just prayed more. Yes. It, and so. No, I think I, that's relief for a mom. Right so now. I just, I do my, I pray, I pray and then, and then I leave it and I, I'm, I'm a short prayer anyway. I fall asleep if people pray long prayers. So I can't pray long prayers. Well, and I'll give you all a tip. I was... I'm a pastor's wife, by the way. By I, the way. And you pray long and... That's... <sighs> she's asleep. You've got the permission now to <laughs> pray short prayers. But I will tell you all, I was... Sometimes DMs feel safe because they're not maybe with someone in my immediate environment. So I can share mm-hmm. things going on in my own family that I wouldn't share maybe with someone who's in my everyday life. Does that make sense? Like I might DM with a, someone who lives on the oh, other yeah, side yeah. of the country. Sure. So I was with someone and they were sharing about their child and I was sharing some of my own challenges with my child. And I said, you want to swap prayers for a little bit? Like, mm. I'd love to pray for your child. And I'd love if you would. Like, who wouldn't love a good That's prayer all, yes, thrown my way? Yes, yes. And if that helps you to know, because maybe you do get tired, but your heart hurts. And yeah. I'm just saying that was one thing that, you can if you can't be bold especially if it's your kid's story and you can't share it that i don't know sometimes dms can, the internet's not always a bad place yeah that's true god god can use whatever he chooses for good well and i don't know if i've shared this story yet on the podcast but i'm going to say it real quick when i was recording this last book right where you belong it was the first day my little audio editor i say little cuz he was like in his 20s cute guy <laughs> He was yeah nodding. Oh, this is so good. It's great. It's so good. And the second day, he goes. He's during one of the breaks. He said, "I just feel like I need to tell you that I'm not a Christian." I'm like, "Oh, okay." He said, "Actually, uh, and he's Buddhist. His mom goes to church. His girlfriend goes to church." And he and I had some fantastic conversations. And even at the end, he goes, "Hey, if you want to come back in here and chitty chat," <laughs> his words, "chitty chat," um, that we could do that before you have to go. And I was like, "Great." And he said, but if you try to convert me, we're not going to be friends. I said, well, that's, that's God's business. That's not my business. You just heard my whole book. Right where you belong is <laughs> for me to occupy my space, you to occupy yours. But I was thinking about his mom and his girlfriend mm. and their desires probably for them to believe like they do and how God is so interesting, how he would put us in this audio booth for two days together and he listened to hours of teaching on from the scripture from wherever and anyway i just think god's pretty resourceful he's the great networker he knows enough people that we can trust him Mm -hmm. he's pursuing like we said Mm -hmm. and you know and i was just thinking like one of the things that i pray is that when you pray when 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 I get around she does to praying, pray sometimes people. One of the things that I pray for my kids and for other people's kids is that they'll remember something so sweet from when mm. they were young, mm. and that will remind them that church wasn't so bad. Maybe I'll give God another chance. And I even so like when I'm teaching because I teach the kids kindergarten through like fifth grade um, once a month um, Sunday mornings, and I'm doing all the bells and whistles and trying to be just as, as amazing and entertaining a uh, teacher as I possibly can. And I'm throwing myself on the floor <laughs> and I'm wailing and doing all the things to try to get them to listen. And I think 
I just want them to remember that this was a really cool place and that was a good story. And she said it was true. Yeah. And that maybe God will use that as a seed. Maybe not now, but later when they're, when they're doubting. Yeah. So I I put on my costumes and I wear my hats. (laughs) You did such a good job. It's so good. Yeah. Those positive emotions. If, yeah, if there's one thing, if I could go back would be if a Bible was ever out, if prayer ever happened, that there would mm-hmm. be no shame communicated in mm-hmm. that whole process. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're wiggly in church, that it's just like a cuddling up is happening, not a be quiet, stop that, you know? <laughs> oh, Vila, thank you for being with us. Oh, and we will connect everyone to your beautiful website awesome. so they thank can you. keep following along and they can subscribe to all of your wisdom and goodness. And yeah, we'll be on the lookout for this okay. fun book that y'all you well, want well don't don't hold your breath because you will probably die if <laughs> no, you hold your because it's gonna take a long you know you can't hold your breath more than like five minutes that's true so Seven, we're not gonna hold our yeah. breath for don't it. hold your breath but um but, but be, be on the look on be on the edge of your seat because if nine years has passed since you last talked i mean that was fast in my mind Phew. that feels like yes. you were just on. yes so yeah. nine years could pass and you'd be like oh how did that happen <laughs> that could feel like a breath Oh, it'll be way, it'll, I mean, more like two, What are we going to say? Oh, two. two. Okay, two. we're putting a, we're put, okay. Well, I don't know. I'd have to get a, I'd have a to nice get a deal. Year. I'd oh, have yes. to get a deal Hey, if you're first. listening, publishers, Vila is a great catch. It's, okay. ama- it's I'm an amazing catch. <laughs> Funniest thing but on the, she, on Instagram. She would travel. She would do tours, <laughs> comedy tours if you want. <laughs> oh, man. I have right. an amazing green suit. A green, oh, an inflatable suit that she has. It's, yes, my social distancing suit. <laughs> Which I almost was going to wear, but I tested negative on Saturday, so I didn't put it it on. Darn it. Thanks for being here. I always hope that these conversations with mentors, the ones we bring up on the show, that they spur on more conversations in your home, in your heart, with your people, because obviously we're not going to be the end-all, be-all resource on all things. Uh, I know for me, it was really good to hear, be reminded of. And then the interview that I'm going to publish next week, I think takes this even a step further. And it's just really helped me to lean in to my part in parenting. And my part is really to center myself in who God says I am. And next week when you join me, uh, I'm bringing Jamie Winship on the show. I think it's going to be just an addition to the conversation you just heard. It's going to help you even more lean into what our part is in this salvation story that God's writing for us and for our kids. I'm going to pray over us because uh, I know this is hard. Lord, I am so grateful that you're God. And I'm so grateful that you pursue us that you are pursuing our kids, that you are good, and that we can trust you, that we can breathe, that we can believe, and we can release our kids to you, knowing that you are good and you are working. And we will never see all the little ways that you are weaving other people's stories into our stories and that we get to be that answer For someone else, I pray that you would keep our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our spirits open to your leading and your prompting 
for different conversations that we'll never see the impact of fully, but you're inviting us in to join you in your pursuit. I pray that when fear crops up in our hearts, that we would hand that over to you, that we would surrender our will to yours, and that we would confidently know you are always at work. You are not afraid. Can we rest in that, God? Blanket this listener in your peace, in your comfort. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining me this week. Definitely look in the show notes. Always, I don't know if you know, but my VA, Stephanie, she works really hard to get other episodes that we've done. Since we've done so many, we have so many we can uh, point you to. So there's usually three or four episodes in every week's show notes that if you want to go deeper on a topic, we have more episodes to listen to. So always click over to those show notes either on my website or if you're listening to a podcast player, they're in the more info section underneath the episode. All right, I'll see you back here next week for my conversation with Jamie Winship. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.